0: Yo, what's up, family? Welcome back to the Just Different Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. Today's conversation is one that was super timely for both me and Jordan, honestly. And if you've been tuned in or you've been listening to the podcast for a while, this is something that I've mentioned briefly in different spurts or different moments, but haven't really delved into or gone into this depth about it. And that's really when it comes to becoming out of touch with like the struggles of people around me and what they're going through and just really being in my own world. And we really get into not forgetting where you come from and the fact that we need to have more empathy and compassion for those who are in the same situations we were once in ourselves before we came to God or before we actually knew him. Because I know at some point in my walk with God, especially early on, I came into this self-righteousness where I felt I was so hol- holier than now than the people around me or that I once knew or hung around. And I just had these questions of like, oh, how could they do this or operate like that or live in that lifestyle? And in that moment, I lost my compassion, my empathy for what they may have been going through, the why behind their actions, and needed to humble myself. And so this episode, we get into What it means or looks like, it's like dismantle that pride that we can sometimes have and having empathy, looking at other people the way that God does and understanding simply nothing that we have is because of ourselves. Our sanctification, our salvation, our success is all a byproduct of him. And with that being the case, it's hard to look down on anybody when you're only looking up at Jesus. And so I love this. I know this is going to bless y'all. This is actually one of my favorite conversations me and Jordan have had in a really long time. But look, y'all, before we get into this episode, I need to tell you about this amazing podcast by this absolutely incredible host. And this is the Human Hope Podcast hosted by Carlos Whitaker. For those who don't know, Carlos is an author, speaker, podcaster, of course, and hence the name, A Hope Dealer. When we think about the times that we're living in where humanity is desperate to find hope, something to cling to, optimism for the future, and our next, this podcast leads us in conversations that bring just that. So look, every Thursday, Carlos dives into cultural relevant and timely conversations where hope is needed and where hope may already be evident. So look, in the times that we live in where there's so much pessimism toward the future, what may be happening now, what could potentially happen next, this podcast gives a complete 180 view. (laughs) And look, for me, I am a half glass full type of guy. And this podcast is definitely in line with that perspective. So for those who are in line with that and just need more of it, Definitely go check it out. It's a Human Hope podcast hosted by Carlos Whitaker. You can listen and subscribe below with the link in the description, and catch episodes of the podcast every Thursday. But with all that being said, now for episode one forty-five, becoming out of touch. So this is a topic or conversation that I've mentioned a few times before in a few episodes and conversations me and Jordan have had, but haven't really delve like into in terms of having like a more robust like in-depth like really discussion on all of it so when it comes to becoming or being out of touch for me that essentially means or looks like like being removed from the like struggles of other people Mm. And not really understanding, being empathetic or compassionate for where people are at or where they're coming from. And that's happened to me, especially the last two years. Because I mentioned y'all, like, I have not been outside. And not, like, outside, outside. I'm just being, like, literally, like, out of the crib (laughs) or out of the house. And that's just by way of like, I was doing online school coming into last year, which is crazy to think about as well. Like, that's crazy, bro. Before I school. just, yeah. <laughs> before I decided to just take a step back. And then, you know, from there, I was essentially just like working from home and doing that. So I didn't have a lot of interactions with like people. And of course, like when you're in college, you're surrounded by people all the time. Yeah. So I'm at, you know, in college and I was a, I'm more of an extroverted individual. I'm having conversations. I'm understanding where people are coming from, their perspective, um, who who they were, who they are now, how they're changing, transitions, and everything in between. And then that's immediately cut off, and you're kind of in your own world, essentially. And that's what it felt like in a more literal sense, and even in a like a, a spiritual sense as well. Like it was all me and what I had going on, and that coming at the expense of me even taking the time to, like, look into someone else's, like, situation to try and see, okay, why they did what they did or, like, where they're really coming from. And so when I was thinking about this, I'm just, like, what I put down is, like, don't forget where you come from. And the reason being is, like, we need to have more empathy and compassion for those who are in the same situations we were once in. Right. Sometimes at moments, like, in our walk with God, we can become out of touch with the, like, struggles, the pain and challenges of those who don't believe and i think that's really where this starts and coming comes into play because i remember i even had a phase like as i was coming into christ that at some point there was this arrogance that i had that was just foul and it was me looking at like my old friend group or friends or people i used to associate with like oh how could you do this how could you even think in this manner or operate in this way when bro I was just in that situation. <laughs> just, like man. I <laughs> I had just moved right. from uh, darkness to light. Like I just stepped on this <laughs> side. And you no, know, after a while, sometimes you can just like forget or it slips your mind mm-hmm. that, yo, like I am them. If it's not for the grace of God, his right. mercy and him pulling me through. And we can think that maybe our righteousness or purity and the way that we're walking now has somehow been a byproduct of all the right decisions that we made and yet we get removed right and that causes this isolation essentially right which ultimately can really disrupt our evangelism because we don't want to get around people who are sinful or living in the world or in darkness Mm -hmm. because we're so holy now and So, yeah, I was, and you know, I I don't think I found myself necessarily back in that particular place like the last, well, you know, last year. But it was similar in the sense of not that I felt like I was arrogant to the point Mm of not feeling like or feeling as if I was like too qualified to like go and speak to them. But I didn't even want to give anyone the time of day. Like I was more indifferent then I was prideful, and it looked it, it looked a lot different this time, uh, which is also dangerous within itself. Right. But I think that yeah, I wanted to I wanted to get into that. I thought it was interesting. We me and Jordan were just talking about right. a little bit of that, and I don't know. If, I think you've maybe I don't know been through that same for type sure. of phase or yeah. moment. I know a lot of people probably have. Mm. For real, yeah, you know, most definitely. I think. So so for me, it's really it's it's just self-righteousness. I, I think at the end of the day, that's what I would label it as for myself and the experience that I went through. It's like it's self-righteousness. And I mean, yeah, and it it's it's self-righteousness. And I mean when you're looking at cause I was like, okay, what does that really mean though? And I mean, it's it's self-explanatory. Like literally the word is like self-righteousness. Like you're looking at yourself as if you're right, like as it as if you're and I think for me it was like acting as if my acts got me to where I was at. Like my actions, what I was doing got me to the place that I was in. Right. And I found like a level of pride in that. And it's very under the surface. A lot of times for most people, like it's subconscious, it's not very, very explicit, but it's there. And crazy enough. I mean, this is kind of something we can get into a little bit later, but it's even something God has been showing me has low key. Be, it's low key been showing up very under the surface like even now like far removed from you know like that first phase of my walk like you said even now it's like there's a part of myself that's looking at my actions as if they're, they're up here right as if my actions are holding weight and as if my actions are are getting me to new places and it's like i mean i'm I'm just reminded of the verse in isaiah 64 6 it says all our righteousness are as as filthy rags like Your acts didn't get get you to where you are, and it's recognizing like you're only one step removed from said person, like whatever, whatever situation or whatever whoever the subject is, you're only one step away from them, right? And that step was saying, "Hey Jesus, I believe in you." Like, I opened up my heart to you. That was that's the only step. Right. And I think sometimes with the, with the self-righteousness, it's like, Oh, well, I prayed this day. So that's one more step. And I fasted out that, that one time. So I, oh, like that's a couple steps. And it's like, Oh, I did that. And that's five steps. It's 10 steps. And it's like, no, you're not 100 steps removed from them. You're not 15 steps removed from them. You're one step removed from them. And that's literally just a confession. And what Jesus did for you is nothing that you did. It's what Jesus did for you. So I think that's a, a realization that everyone has to come, come to for sure. And that's a realization I came to. It's like, it's not my acts. It's nothing I did. Cause I think that's, that's what it is. I think you begin to forget the hole you were once in, when you think like you got yourself out of it. Right. When, when you think, when you start to take the glory for yourself, essentially is is what it comes down to. And, and it, I was thinking about this thought and I wrote it down and I literally found this parable in Luke. And what's crazy, I feel like I've never really heard this parable before. Like, because I, I read my Bible, I swear, but I remember I read it. I swear <laughs> I do. No, no, I swear I read my Bible, bro. bro I, don't be in the word like that, for real. <laughs> and I found There's this parable. There's no way. I found this parable. It's in Luke. I'm like, maybe I just haven't but read would Honestly, there be, there be some stuff I will come across and or it's presented yeah. to me if I'm in service or I'm listening to someone else like, nah, fam, I don't know that story. <laughs> you feel me I, and i'd be mad confused, yo i bro. i've not heard that one I'm like, bro. Bro, i've been a believer for like five years bro i've been reading I'm my saved, bible bro. you be th- you be thinking like bro am i really <laughs> like that like <laughs> there's no way like god hold on but it's like What's I, was, going on? I was reading this i'm like maybe it's just because it's luke and i ain't read that gospel much like it's really been heavy on matthew and stuff like that. like maybe i just haven't read this one but it's in luke 18 9 14 and it's like specifically speaking to everything i just said and i was like whoa this is crazy so i'm gonna just read it it's uh it's about like six verses so so bear with me but To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood up at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So I, I, I remember that last verse in, in 14, but the parable itself, like, I don't. I was like, I've never really heard this much. I was like, this is crazy, but. Yeah, you don't read your Bible. You heard that one? <laughs> Dang, you heard that one, bro? No, nah, it's all good, though. I ain't heard that parable. We, we I'm go ahead. Honest, bro. I ain't really heard that parable. But So he says. What I what I specifically notice speaking to the conversation itself, is when you look at verse 12, so the Pharisee goes to say, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evil evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. And then 12, he says, I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. Right? So it was immediately, God, thank you that I'm not like all these other people because of what I've done. I do this. I do this. It It mm. was never... Oh, thank you that you you transformed me from this place because of what you did for me. It was no, thank you, God, right, which is so counterintuitive like he's thanking God for where he's at, but then saying, "Oh, I do this, and I do that so it was it was a it's heavy on his actions and what he was doing, but I think you have to get to the point in your walk where you really recognize bro, literally nothing that I can do is going to make me better than anyone else or better in the eyes of God. I'm only one step removed from that hole I was in right and obviously there's a process and it's a walk but like in terms of the decision there's only one step you're one step Mm -hmm. removed from those people that you drive by and they're just sitting on the street like homeless or whatever the case may be you're only one step removed from those people who you're like oh i'm I'm too holier than now i can't touch them you're one step removed from all of these people and i think it really you have to you have to keep that at the forefront of your mind at all times right and you know something that or one verse that I'm sure a lot of us have heard before. Um, Jordan may have not l- heard this. Bro, one, you're hating, bro. bro. <laughs> I swear I read my Bible, bro. I swear. But by grace alone, and this is encapsulated in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, which says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast for we are workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yep. I know that one. <clears throat> right. So yeah, um, definitely just by, by grace alone. And right. so again, I think it's getting to the point of surrender and for that sure. humility. When we talk about just the aspect of you feeling like you are sitting on a seat, And looking down on it. It's hard to look down like when you're at his feet. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes we try to put ourselves like on the throne, right? When we need just to be at his feet. You know what I mean? And so like how how can I look down on anyone when all I'm looking up to is him? Mm -hmm. And I think even whenever I was thinking about this, I was then reminded of, you know, the situation or moment within the gospels that Jesus decided to wash the feet of the disciples. And I thought that that was such, and always has been, but is, especially when I was thinking about this, such a representation of the stance and the posture that we should have. You know what I mean? I was even thinking about like the symbolism of like feet as well. Like when we think about the context of that, he's showing his sovereignty of like being able to have the power to cleanse and wash people of yeah. all their unrighteousness but simultaneously his humility of god coming down in flesh right to redeem us and when we think about the idea of someone's like feet you know what i mean that represents everything they've ever done every um relationship they've ever had it, it represents Every step they've took in their course of life, whether that be something that's positive, whether it be something that's negative, that it represents their mountaintops, their valleys, right. their worst mistakes, their, the worst part of themselves. And Jesus decides still to get on his knees and to wash them clean of that. And so if God is is someone of a character that we're supposed to emulate that can take Himself, or rather, humble himself to do so. Like, we need to have a similar heart posture in how we are, in how we're perceiving, receiving, and accepting other people. Right. Right. And so, I thought that was interesting because, of course, everyone has their own story. Everyone, no one yeah. has walked the same path in life. Right. So, you know, when you're coming into contact with someone, that's what you are. You know, essentially, so whenever you're speaking to someone, that's essentially what you're coming in contact with is like their story and what they've been through. And so we should be in a position where we're so humbled and looking at him that there's no room for us to look down at anyone else and take that hot posture to be more like Christ, like in our everyday, especially when we're maybe thinking about people we used to maybe hang out with, be with, or even lifestyles that we were once in that we now are tempted to maybe... Of course, naturally, you know, disapprove of and not mm-hmm. agree with, but not look down upon in terms of right. any unrighteous judgment. Exactly. that's crazy as that you got into all that, because I literally have written down, I said, if God can still be in touch with us with how far removed his glory is from our own, you can too. Like, when you think about literally the vastness of God's glory and his righteousness and, and literally his for lack of better words, like perfectness, like bro, like he's literally perfect. (laughs) And it's like, if he can still be in touch with us, right. And literally go to the lengths of sending his son to die for us just so that he could do that. Right. Then you can do the same. Like you can, you know, like you, you can still be in touch and you should be. Cause at the end of the day, I think one of God's biggest desires is to be close with his people. So if we're meant to emulate him and if we're meant to mirror him, then what does that mean for us? right if he wants to be close to his people and we're supposed to be him on earth then we're supposed to be close with his people as well i was i was reading hold on let me see i was I was reading this book this miles Moreau book about the kingdom and something that he said just stuck out to me okay so so he says the hebrew word for darkness is the same as the word for ignorance similarly the word for knowledge in hebrew and greek is the same as a word for light so I ain't do my own research on this, but I trust my guy, Miles. So like, I don't think he would just put this in the book. So, so I trust him. So he's saying like the Hebrew word for darkness is the same as ignorance and the word for knowledge is the same as light. We understand that God's, God is referenced as light, right? The kingdom of light and the enemy, the kingdom of darkness, right? So he operates in ignorance. He operates in darkness. That That's anytime you see anyone in ignorance, like the enemy can have like it's a field day for him. And so, essentially, like, I think where my mind is going is, like, you you can't, you can only dispel ignorance with knowledge. You can only dispel darkness with light. So, it's, like, in a way, you seeing someone's ignorance should make something jump inside you to want to share knowledge, if that makes sense. Or so, so, if you see someone's darkness, there should be something in you that's, like, yo, like, I have the light that they could need to dispel this ignorance dispel this darkness and it's like i think some people are having the opposite reaction which is dangerous because it's like i think because i'm thinking about quotes like you hear people say like oh well they should know better I, and i think sometimes at one point i've thought stuff like this too like bro they should know better like they, they should you know like they're so ignorant they should know better than that It was like bro you didn't know better than that for one like we've been speaking about and for two how are they going to know better if no one's telling them better, right? They're in ignorance. The only way to to fight that off is with your knowledge. So I think that's something that that came to mind, and something that to keep in mind as well with the conversation is like you have what that person needs, and it's like if you're too prideful to step off your stage and this pedestal you put yourself on, they're going to be stuck there in that hole, right? But that's what that's a part of our role as as ambassadors for god's kingdom is to be that light no that's so true and i used to say the same thing i guess i had the same mindset of oh well like they should know better or even take a stance of well they're just suffering the consequences of their actions and which is the reality of the situation but also in such a manner that was this like just so heartless and almost as if like i was wanting them to come into punishment for things that they should have known better about. And I guess sometimes we think, again, it comes from a place of pride that, oh, well, like we believe we would have done something differently or our lives would have been or gone in a different direction if we were raised the same way under the same circumstances and conditions. We wouldn't have done that. Like, oh, well, no, like we're too far removed. We're too knowledgeable to this point now for us under any circumstance to ever have considered going down that path considered yeah. this particular action and or whatever it may be and we dismiss the fact that there is as the bible speaks about like a spiritual veil that is under or over the eyes of believers, right? And I don't think we speak about the aspect of super, the supernatural enough or even like spiritual warfare, but it's not always as easy as, oh, like they should just know better, right? This is a spiritual battle and a fight where the enemy is consistently and constantly wanting to blind the eyes of people who do not believe right so to your point like it now is up to the children of light to expose these things to allow them to know like what is better and what is best and it talks about this in second corinthians 4 verses starting in verse 3 and it says but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the god of this age the devil has blinded who do not believe Yet the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So it clearly Mm -hmm. states here the spiritual implications are what are that are happening to those who do not believe, which is also happening to us as well, that the enemy has blinded them. Like if it is veiled, if it is uncovered, if it is not exposed or known, it is because they people and we all have been blinded to some degree. And so we then also have to take that into consideration. And again, that should prompt us to a higher level of action, assertive and initiative to get people the information and expose them to what we have now the knowledge of and however they receive that or Mm -hmm. what they do with it is then on them. But we cannot just dismiss individuals like Just because, oh, they should have known better. Or even after you may have told them or like, oh, well, they have come in contact with this. Mm then completely write them off as if, you know, there is now no more or chance of redemption for them to come to Christ and the knowledge of him and the better aspects of who they are themselves. And so that was something I actually just came across in the sermon I was listening to. I think it was actually by Elijah Lamb. Mm -hmm. And. I was like, wow, like that's something I had also maybe lost track of or life side of as well. Like, yo, this is this there's so much spiritual implications to hmm. those who are blinded. Right. That we can't discount, discredit, and not want to do anything about. Yeah. And I'm reminded of <clears throat> the episode that we had with, with the more purpose pod on, on their on their channel if you haven't tapped in go ahead tap in but my god marlon had this fire example because we were kind of talking about this the the parallel of the stage and the stable which is something that we've talked about a little bit on our podcast as well but he brought up this example of like yo if you're one step above like if if you've taken one step to be somewhere right and you step up on that step like that's a platform right because you're 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 elevated Right. Even if it's just this much like that, that's a platform that that God has given you to use, essentially. And I I was kind of thinking about that example in in the in the in terms of this conversation, because I was mentioning how you're only one step removed from these people. Right. Who haven't made a confession, these people who aren't believers, you're only one step removed from them. And in that sense, it's like you have the ability to reach out to them because you're you're not that far right but i think when you hmm, in your mind when you put yourself 50 you some of us put ourselves five flights above these people and it's like you can't you can't reach out to them if you that far above that's them. that's so hard bro but it's like you're, so you're only one step up so you have the ability to say hey like i'm right here like this is better than where you at right and it's like they they can even see it cuz they you're there mm-hmm. they can see it but if you're up here they they can't even see it some of us are yelling from the from the from the 50 floors hey come up here like the light is better bro they can't even see you bro like what are you talking about mm. but it's like you're only one step removed and i think god's so beautiful in that way i think he intended it to to sort of be that way you know but yeah i just thought that was a, that i got reminded of that example that he used i was like yeah that's yeah yeah that's fire no that that makes so much sense like you know you're you're close enough Mm. you're close and and not and not and not in proximity to sin and or that disrupting like your holiness or the process of sanctification but just in the context or perspective that you you are no better right right you know what i mean like you the the reason that you're in the position that you're in to Mm -hmm. your point is from one belief and one confession. Um, And if I'm right on the other side of that, then I still have the ability to reach out to those who are still there. Mm -hmm. That's hard. That's super, super tough. So that's important. And I think also just a part of this, you know, as we've like gone through everything, is also just not becoming like so indifferent and so self involved. That you can't consider like what right. is happening with other people. So sometimes I don't even think that is an issue. It, it, it may be to some extent an issue of pride, as it may be just like busyness and right. ambition, and maybe just a bit of selfishness to some extent. Because mm-hmm. I think that I've experienced it in the form of me believing that I'm so far away that I can't reach out, and on the other side of that also just having this mindset that I'm just I'm not even looking at God. I'm not looking at them. I'm just in the mirror staring at myself. And it is it's it's my world, right? It's all about okay, what do I have to do next and what's going to benefit me the most, which is necessary and we need to consider that, but not it coming at the expense of, you know, the people that we're called to, we're meant to reach and making sure we have a servant's heart. So sometimes being so self involved or indulging in like what only interest or concern to you can also lead you to the same place of being out of touch, right? And so even for me, like next year, you know, one thing that's been, I've been thinking about that's been placed in my heart, that's going to be a focal point is the fact that like I can no longer just serve my own vision, and a lot of the last year and a half has been that, um, you know, wanting to make it and be successful and, you know, handle things diligently, but at the expense where, like, I'm not serving anyone else but me. And, you know, that's what's led to, you know, even while we're having a conversation now, like, okay, dang, like, I haven't spoken to anybody and or I've, I've yet to, when's the last time I've helped someone outside of myself? Yeah. You know, like all of these things. And so I also think that's necessary, too, just sometimes, you know, take a step out of your world, you mm-hmm. know, and just, you know, l- lend a hand in whatever capacity that is. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> Not to, uh, well, I mean, I guess I said it, too. But I remember at the beginning of the year, you, you said you wanted to, uh, you were due to community service. <laughs> you know what's crazy, bro? And <laughs> in the midst of you talking, that's what came to mind. I was like, I told myself I was going to do that. <laughs> And guess what, y'all? Y'all, y'all gotta hold us accountable. We guess gotta what, y'all? Next year, we gotta do it next. Guess year. Guess what, y'all? We did I ain't done a, sing- a single millisecond <laughs> of community service? I'm gonna be so honest <laughs> with you. I'm gonna be real. I don't need to. I'm not nah, it up, I'm gonna. Nah, but we gotta keep it. We gotta keep it hundred on the to, bro. Gotta keep it hundred. Look, you know, you know, know that that's, you know that's, that's, that's that's one of the resolutions <laughs> that I ain't make it past January. That, that ain't <laughs> make it. That ain't make it out January, bro. That you know ain't make that, it out you know, that, you know that TikTok town. that's like it's not really funny, is it? <laughs> you know, like, like we laughing, but like, I'm really convicted right now. Like real talk. Like. Nah, no, it, it's not, it's not. I mean, I don't think, it's not like you haven't served, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's just, just in, in capacity. a way. Yeah. yeah you, no, so it's not like, okay, you, because I think that may be kind of like, made the way you're seeing it or even perceiving it now. So it's not like, oh, like I didn't do any community service. I haven't served anybody or done, you know, right. any type of like outreach work. You just did it. Do a specific community exactly, service exactly in that context. You feel what I'm saying, which is why so I can laugh. It's like, more I, that than anything. Exactly, it's, it's exactly, more of that than anything. Exactly. It ain't like you just been worried about yourself the entire year. No, I don't know because that. that would be but, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That just made me think of that. But no, yeah, I think, um, yeah, just you can't, you can't also you can't just serve yourself or your own vision. Right. Again, that that'll also put you in the same place, and so mm-hmm. both are important. It's just like dismantling your pride and making it an emphasis and point to serve others to some degree mm-hmm. and you know you'll always stay connected you know what i mean to the people you got to, to the community you. as necessary right Yeah. and then i think you you mentioned something and we we talked about it because i was asking you like what you were studying right now yeah and I, it plays into this a bit just to an extent because Sometimes again, you can forget where you come from, and more or less when it comes to the idea of pride, think that you had a bigger part to play than you actually did mm-hmm. in your success and your sanctification, salvation, fill in the blank, yeah, so talk to me about, yeah, bring that bring that here yeah so so essentially, I was reading in judges, so <laughs> let's start here. 'Cause I did one of these I did one of these cause I ain't done it in a minute. I was like, God, I need something to read, bro, but it gotta be you. I feel like I just been choosing what to read, which is cool. Like I'm learning, but I just need something that's like from you. Like, you know. So I just I did the O reliable, flipped through the Bible, I don't know it stopped at a page. <laughs> Guess where I ended up? So I ended up I ended up in Judges Judges six, which is the story of, of Gideon. And honestly, bro, that that whole Sixth chapter was speaking so much to me of like really a lot of stuff I needed to hear, but then in judges seven is is something else that's really been on my mind so so essentially this for context, Gideon was a part of a tribe in Israel, and they were being taken over by the Midianites essentially. And the the Israelites were crying out to God. Like, it's the same old story. Like, if you know Judges, if you know the Old Testament, like, it's the same old story. They cry out to God. God saves them and then they turn against him, right? So they turn against him. They were taken over by the Midianites and now they're crying out to God again. Like, God, help us. So God, being as gracious as he is, he goes to Gideon. He's like, yo, I choose you to lead this army against these people and, you know, push them out. So essentially comes this, you know, time comes for the battle. And this is Judges seven. This is the context, the context for Judges seven. Let me see, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of Judges seven in verse two. I'm gonna start in verse two. So it says, The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hands, or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announced to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So twenty two thousand men left, while ten thousand remained. Right, so he started out with thirty three thousand men, okay. God goes on to say, there's still too many men, take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. And then it kind of goes through like a couple verses that I'm, that I'm not going to read, but essentially 300 of them he kept. So it, it literally went from 33,000 men to 300 men Cause God was like, nah, like this, <laughs> this is too many. Like you're going to say you did. No, bro. i know not, bro, that's not crazy. To not to joke, but like the, the first two thousand that decided to step out, <laughs> like that would have been me. I, they've been talking about that. What could potentially happen? Getting drafted, bro. I'm out, bro. No, going. you fear. Yeah. He, saying, going, I'm gone. Gone. he said, I'm going to take my golden opportunity. So literally God goes on to say, the Lord said to Gideon with 300 men. That I lap that lapped, I will save you, and I will give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home, right? So essentially, so I think for me specifically in the context of just where I'm at right now, this helped me so much because I think I'm, I, I guess in a way, the only word I can think of is like a perfectionist. Like when it comes to like my gifting and like my music specifically but it's like with with and i think a lot of people can relate like whatever your gift is or whatever whatever you feel like god's calling you to it's like you want it to be perfect and if it's not perfect you're not going to do it and it's like that's caused you to delay it mm-hmm. so much and delay it so much like whatever that thing is for you and i read this and i'm like bro like i can hear god kind of saying like not word for word it's not what he's saying here but he's like yo you're you're too qualified like He's literally saying that Gideon, no, you got too many men. Like I need three hundred. You got 33,000. thousand. Let's get that down to three hundred. Like, and it's just recognizing, for one, God's never gonna. When we talked about it before, God's never going to call you to something that you can do in your own strength, and it's like you using and managing your gift to to the your best capability and allowing God's supernatural right to breathe on that right and it's like it doesn't need to be perfect bro you, you god isn't looking for the 33000 <laughs> he's looking for the 300 like and that's something god told me i'm like bro like that's so dang and i really had me on something like it don't really need to be perfect bro like it it don't he just he just needs he just needs the 300 and i think that also applies to this conversation too cuz it's like it it's not in your own strength nothing nothing and that's something i've been noticing in in our walks like for I don't remember what the verse is but it says for from him and through him and to him are all things from mm-hmm. him all things were made right wait no yeah yeah from him all things were made through him all things are maintained and to him everything is it's like everything is because of him like it's not nothing was in your own strength where you're at right now was not by your own works it was by his strength right where you're going to be in terms of your career, in terms of your gifting, in terms of your purpose. is not going to be because anything you did is going to be because of him because everything is through him. Right. And it's, I don't know. So that's just, that's just something that you have to keep in mind. I, that's something that's really been blessing me. I've been sitting on that for like three days, bro. Three days. That's a fact. Find that verse, but really quick, but no, that's yeah. God doesn't need you're 33,000. He just needs to 300. And that reminds me of when we were at Chosen Con, they spoke a mm-hmm. lot to just offering God your five loaves and two fish. And to your point that I hadn't heard in a while, but I remember a lot of teachers and different preachers who speak this at our previous church, the fact that you want to, or rather, all you need is for God to put his super like on your natural. Right. And that's and that's all that means. It's when all right like you your when God puts his hand on or provides his divine intervention on your natural situation, circumstance or what you can do. Mm-hmm. And that's what the idea of supernatural is. It's nothing that you really Bring yourself. You you only God like really provides, and so that that yeah that changes a lot. But no, to your point of the verse, which is Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that that I mean, and it sounds so crazy and basic. It's just <laughs> like I mean, I guess I'm just now really. I mean, again, I think you. You mentioned this. You mentioned this once. That was so good. I think you just need to learn a deeper, like the deeper aspect of the same thing. I can't. Do you remember how you worded like it? A, like like a deeper like, depth of the same lesson, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, you know what I mean. And I think that that happens, and so that's why the Bible is so inexhaustible. Mm-hmm. And it's not something you can ever just right off because there's there's levels to this. There's levels Mm -hmm. to all of it. Understanding grace, sanctification, salvation, righteousness. Um in in anything in between, especially when it comes to this, like understanding it's by grace, not your own strength. I don't know why. Like it just begins to really resonate, make more sense. Um and again you just come into a deeper revelation of what that is. I mean that never stops. So for me Yes, it's like oh well, like well, duh. You know, like when you read it, right. you okay. Well, that makes <laughs> yes. sense, but it really, really hits. It comes together now. Yeah, bro. And so, I, I, yeah, I think so. I wanted you to mention that because I thought that was really fire. But what were you saying about what the rabbi said whenever uh, we were at the conference? Yeah. So, so essentially, like in the same vein of of uh, the thirty three thousand and three hundred, it's like there's a common theme throughout all of the word of god using the metaphorical 300 like not using the best of the best of the most qualified and it's like something that we see with the disciples and there was this i wish i knew his name but there was this rab- rabbi that was speaking at the chosen con and he was speaking to and i don't know like you know specific details but he's speaks speaking to how in the jewish culture what happened was past a certain grade if you were very well versed in scripture and you were like very smart and intelligent like a rabbi would come along and ask you to like you know be a mentee under him right like hey come like come follow me right and you like mentor under a rabbi and if you weren't if you weren't skilled enough to to be chosen you had to learn a trade like fishermen like carpentry like all like different trades and all of most of the disciples like all of them had a trade that they were doing so it's like by definition these were people who weren't chosen like these were people who weren't chosen to teach under a rabbi who weren't the most well-versed who weren't the most educated because they had a trade right because they had to they didn't have a choice and it's like god still jesus still coming to them and saying hey like follow me Right, like I'll make you fishers fish of men. I feel like that. That's just so crazy to me, and I feel like when I heard that, I was like, "Yo, that's crazy," because it just gives so much more context to the scriptures, and it and it really makes it come more alive. But it's like, bro, he really just needs the three hundred. Like, <laughs> like no. And I remember you. Maybe it was something you heard or spoke to, but it it man, you know, it, he says or speaks to the fact that you know, follow me, and then. I'll make you. Mm. You know? Right. And I'll make you. I think I think again in context, and this is why this is so important, like in studying the Bible, understanding Jewish culture. In context to your point, with the disciples, at least I think most or some or all being individuals who had a trade who weren't particularly like the academics, the upper echelon. You know what I mean? Like so maybe I don't know if this is a good example. What? So help me out. But maybe, like, essentially, the disciples were the people who, like, didn't go to college, mm. almost. Yeah. So they weren't chosen under a rabbi. They didn't go to college. Right. You know, like, now that isn't as much of a thing. But, mm-hmm. like, in context, like, you were seen, like, you know, less than. Exactly. And they were like, you know, like, you weren't um, as qualified or intelligent to actually take that route. So you decided not to. So to my point of Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you. Whenever you see the Pharisees, Sadducees, and all the people making the noise around the people that God chose, right. that's why it was such a big a big deal. Exactly. And that's why the glory could only point to him, you know, as these people began to be sent out and do his works mm-hmm. in his name. And then after that, seeing what they did in Acts, why? Because they were not ever originally chosen. These were people who were just basic or normal or mundane in the context of that society and how people viewed them and their occupation, unschooled, and so unschooled and ordinary. <clears throat> that's what it is specifically what it says in Acts four thirteen when John and Peter were before the Sanhedrin. It says they noticed they were unschooled and ordinary men. Like that's literally how they it. exactly. So I guess yeah. that's, that is a good example. Unschooled, ordinary, mm. right? And so to that point, that three hundred metaphorically is all that god needs and that's sometimes what he wants because he had to shave cut and or eliminate a lot of the army that Gideon had because Mm -hmm. he said you're too strong and then israel will boast in itself saying i did this exactly you know and so yeah that was crazy that is crazy i love that yeah bro that's been that's that's been that's been blessing me real talk I've been I've been eating that yeah. up, bro. That's the one, bro. I'm glad you're reading your Bible. <laughs> I don't know. I swear. Uh, I've, I really haven't not heard that parable, bro. <laughs> that's so that's insane. Let me see. Was there anything else? You had anything else to add? Oh, sh- that's all I had, bro. I gave it all I right. got. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Okay. No, okay. What this this what's the verse again in Romans? Right. I'm over here all over the place right now. <laughs> but I want to end. Ro- end. Roman Romans eleven thirty six. Yeah, what's it say? I don't know. I don't for from him and through him and to him are all things. <laughs> hmm Yeah. And, and that's it. And just having that stance, keeping that again, dismantling pride, always serving others and just staying in touch. Exactly. Right. Stay, stay only in touch. one step remove, mm-hmm. not too far. Yeah, stay, stay in touch. Stay in touch. Yeah. yeah, let's rock out. Let's turn up, man. I'm ready. Our Thanksgiving's coming up you soon. Feel me. Oh yeah. Also, yo, tap in with us for those who are in Nashville or you're close enough to travel yep. to Nashville. I need y'all to show up, show out, come, turn up with us, meet us. We are. As we mentioned not too long ago, we're hosting a club, a Christian club, an event in Nashville, Tennessee called The Cove. We partnered with our best friends to do this. God's hand has been on it. It's blown up. It's been absolutely ridiculous. This is going to be Saturday in Nashville from 8 to 11. We'll tell you all about it next week. I'm super excited about this. We're just wanting to create a space where... Believers can come together, enjoy themselves, have fun, exactly. and build community that's, you know, outside of church and giving us, like, more options to do so and just be able to enjoy the fullness of life that Jesus talks about, mm-hmm. which I'm super, super hyped I'm hyped for. So, yo, if you there, pull up. Come We're on. W- we weren't able to do the live show like we mentioned this year, but this will be, like, the one time we do pop out. You can come and see us yep. until the next time we actually schedule and get it done. But... Y'all do that. I have all that in the description and whatnot. But nonetheless, stay you. Stay real. Dang, what's the last part? Uh, forgetting. That. <laughs> I don't forgot. I don't forgot. I done forgot, bro. What the heck? Stay For- you. <laughs> stay real. <laughs> <laughs> and stay humble. We'll catch y'all Friday. Much love. <laughs>